Jim Stroud fights to save America from the woke agenda by exposing the left and inspiring right turns with facts and informed opinions. Prepare yourself for intriguing interviews, political snark, and social commentary from a patriotic and conservative perspective. And it all starts in three, two, one. The Things I Think About podcast begins now. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to another action-packed episode of the Things I Think About podcast. I'm your host, Jim Stroud. And with me today is a very special guest. Special guest, tell us, who are you and what do you do? Well, thank you, Jim. Uh, My name is Lynn Laird, and I'm a psychologist. Um, I work in uh, Meridian, Idaho. Uh, And other than that, um, I'm a mom and a wife, um, Christian, and um, I've homeschooled my now very old teenagers and uh, have gone back to work here a couple of years ago. Um, And not sure if there's anything else you want to know. <laughs> well, it sounds like you're, you're really busy just, just being a mom and homeschooling, not, not to mention the psychology uh, work that you do as well. That's, that's very interesting. Uh, you were brought to my attention by a mutual acquaintance. They share with me a link to a talk that you gave at the Medical Truth Symposium, where you talked about uh, something I thought was really, really relevant in these days and times, and I think it's going to grow in relevance, unfortunately, uh, mask and vaccine bullying. Uh, share some of the highlights from your talk, if you wouldn't mind. Sure. Um, so the the crux of that talk was really about the, the idea of gaslighting, uh, which, you know, even being in the field of psychology for so many years was actually a relatively new concept for me. And that is that, um, you typically see it in, in intimate relationships where one person um, kind of makes the other person start thinking that they're crazy by, you know, just accusing them of things that they're not doing. And, and then the abuser, of course, denying things that they are doing and, and projecting those things upon the other person and um, just really sort of orchestrating their life in such a way that it makes the other person really start to wonder if they've lost their mind. Uh, and so I, I had been making a, an observation uh, from pretty early on um, in 2020 that that is what's happening on a national and even worldwide level with COVID and the things that we are being told about the disease and what we're told about ourselves and how we should be responding to it and um, really removing the individual from making their having the ability to even make their own choices about their own lives. That is really, really interesting what you said there. Uh, people have a control of their own lives. D- do you see how the whole mask thing is not really about public health? Well, some have argued that it's not about public health, but it's about compliance, uh, making the public more susceptible to author- authoritarian rule. Do you think that's far-fetched? I mean, or do you think it's in line with what's going on? Yeah, I, I honestly do not think it's far-fetched at all. I think it it's like hits square in the middle of the bullseye. Um, hmm. And when you when you look at studies about masks before 2020, 
um, it's pretty clear that the type of masks that, that are being commonly used and uh, forced upon people uh, really have no significant impact on viral sharing. Um, and I, I hate to quote Dr. Fauci, but he even said that, you know, wearing a mask isn't really going to do anything. Um, it's just, it might make the person feel better. Um, mm. You know, he went on to say he lied about that, you know, so that people wouldn't rush out and get masks. Um, so, you know, of course, he's now left himself open to question about any other lies that he might do for any other agenda. Right. Um, but I actually believe that he was telling the truth in that particular instance. And so now with what's going on, um, has been going on for such a long time now with masks, um, being used, um, to, to bully people. And, you know, I don't know what happened in other places, but I know around here locally, uh, once the vaccine became available, um, a lot of employers, um, the grocery stores in particular, were kind of holding, you know, people hostage, um, saying that if if you get the vaccine, then you can go without your mask now. And so people were so desperate to get out of their masks that they would go out and get their vaccine and show their employer, look, I got my vaccine, uh, which was great for a period of time, maybe a month. I'm not sure exactly before everybody ended up in their masks again. And um, so I, I do see that, you know, when you think about it from a behavioral sort of perspective, you know, if you want somebody to, to do something new, you know, but, the, and they've got this other thing that they really don't want to have to do, um, you know, you say, well, Hey, you won't have to do that if you do this other thing, you know? And so they're, they're kind of bribing them in mm -hmm. a sense. And uh, so I, I absolutely see them as being um, used in that way. And, you know, if, if you want to come to this concert or this football game or go in this restaurant, you know, it's like you have to comply with somebody else's uh, preferences in order to engage in, you know, normal behaviors like working and playing and recreating. And so long way around to say yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you said that this me wonder is if it's if this were a huge psychological operation, as, as some have alleged that it is. When you see people with masks and you're not wearing one, doesn't it sort of reinforce upon you, wow, I should really wear a mask too because everyone else is wearing one? Is that a psychological trick or some sort? Or I lost your audio. I'm sorry. Can you hear me now? Hello? 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 Jim, I've lost your audio. Uh-oh. I'm still talking. Let me see. Um, still recording. Okay. Are, are you there? Yeah, I, I lost lost you there for a minute. Okay, okay. Uh, was weird. It right. was. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, this Zoom is owned by China, so maybe they're hacking us. Hopefully not. Maybe they don't like what we're talking about. <laughs> All right, well, we'll try it again in three, two, one. So my question is this. Um, if someone sees someone else wearing a mask and they're not wearing a mask, then they sort of feel compelled to wear a mask themselves. Is that a psychological response to some sort of visual stimuli? I'm trying to sound all psychological, <laughs> like, like I know what I'm talking about, but is that I like true? Um, I, I definitely think that that is, is part of it. Um, I mean, we're all familiar with the idea of peer pressure, 
you know, when you think about mm. you know, children, especially once they get into those teen years that we're so concerned about that peer influence and what is everybody else doing and that desire to fit in. And, you know, I don't think that ever fully goes away. Um, I mean, when you look at, you know, tight knit friend groups, you know, they're all usually pretty similar to one another in one way or another. Um, and so I, I do believe, especially when you're getting the messages in the media so extensively sure. uh, everywhere you go, um, sure. that, that that's what you're supposed to do. And of course, the experts are telling you this and, um, and being told that you're, you're a bad person and that you don't, uh, you don't care about other people if you don't do this. Um, I think all of those things combined certainly are designed to um, influence um, those of us who aren't inclined to um, comply. Yeah. It seems to me that there, it seems like the, the cure is worse than the disease in a lot of ways. Um, I've noticed how they will, and then uh, they being the media, how they'll promote how many people have passed from uh, from COVID, uh, but they don't seem to count other victims of COVID, meaning people who have given in to depression, who may have mm-hmm. deleted themselves, um, who've had other psychological injuries from wearing a mask all the time. It makes me think that the true death toll would be even higher uh, meaning, which is why I said the cure is being worse than disease. What are the kind of psychological tolls you think are being made on people um, in this world where most people are wearing masks? Well, I think it's pretty intense and and very widespread. And it's one of the things that was really under my skin from early on, uh, mm. back to lockdowns before even masks were, were much of a deal, at least around here. Um you know, shutting down businesses and shutting down schools and just like turning everybody's life upside down, um, you know, calling some people essential and other people non-essential, um, you know, starting that, that division right there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I was really frustrated. I'm like, why aren't they talking about the psychological impacts? Why aren't they talking about the psychological impacts? And then, you know, at some point it kind of dawned on me that uh, because the psychological impacts are actually what they're looking for, um, you know, and I know for, you know, some people that might sound, you know, conspiracy theorist or whatever, but I'm kind of beyond, you know, being labeled. I don't really care anymore um, because it doesn't make sense to me. We have a lot of smart people involved with this. And if they can't see that aspect and if they're not addressing that aspect, all I can figure is that it's because they don't want to, um, because it is ca- it has caused suicides. Um, I know of people. I can't before 2020, you know, to think about how many, you know, how frequently was I hearing about suicides um, within my, you know, people that I know or people that I know who know people who have committed suicide. Mm. And, um, you know, there were a few many many years ago, but for the longest time, I I honestly hadn't been really in touch with a lot of people who knew people who had been committing suicide. And at this point I'm at about probably four or five. Wow. Um, and, you know, and then of course I'm seeing people, um, you know, clients that come in and, you know, there was a pair of teenage sisters that had come in a while back um, and their guardian was saying, cause I don't require masks in my, my practice. Um, mm-hmm. I don't wear one. 
And, you know, the, the girls came in and they were wearing their masks and, you know, the, the guardian was not. And one of the things that, that she had said about the girls was, I, I can't get them out of those masks. Wow. And they were hiding behind them, essentially. And, you know, I only saw them a few times and one of them absolutely would not, you know, ever pull her mask down. And, and the other one that was more amenable to treatment, <laughs> um, did end up taking hers off with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, you know, they were just, they were able to hide behind them. And I have been hearing more and more of that actually, as time has gone on. Um, and f- funny, not funny story, um, that I heard sort of secondhand about, um, Halloween where there was a, a trick or treater that, was just dressed in regular clothes and a mask. And uh, when somebody opened the door and asked them, well, you know, what are you or who are you? You know, and they said, well, I'm a depressed middle schooler. Wow. Yeah. Young people, they know, they know. Um, I know another uh, teenager who, you know, needs to get a job and and doesn't want to wear masks, hasn't really had to wear masks much. Um, and really doesn't want to, but they were applying for a job at a place where it was going to be required. And, and the parent was asking, you know, well, are you sure you want to work there? Cause you'll have to wear a mask. And the teenager said, yeah, well, nobody will see me then, you know, wow. that, to the level of the depression. And, you know, these things are just, they're heartbreaking. Um, mm. you know, and I, I've heard of other stories of, you know, children getting on airplanes, um, and, and absolutely just freaking out, um, because they, they didn't want to even sit on, on the seat in the airplane because they were afraid they were going to get COVID, you know, all masked up and everything. Um, so the fear that has been put into the children, um, is one of the most egregious and, and heart-wrenching aspects of this to me. Um, and where children are, are just grateful now that this vaccine is available to them. And it's like, you know, an answer to prayer even, um, and not even understanding that they have essentially zero risk from this virus. Um, but the risk from that shot, uh, for children, um, absolutely outweighs the risk of, of getting sick. Um, but they've been, so brainwashed for lack of a better word, um, mm. of, you know, sort of the, the saving grace that is in that vial. Um, it is vile. <laughs> wow. That is that, you know, I have not heard that before. I don't think ever. I, I know I've seen videos of kids uh, and young people uh, wanting to burn their mask, not wanting to yeah. wear the mask. Um, but I have until now never heard of uh, young people clinging to the mask, uh, oh, yeah. sort of safety from it. It's a safety or is it just, or is it just something they feel safety from it or they feel like they're hiding from it? I'm hearing for you. I, two, two separate issues that, that mm. I don't know how separate they actually are, but I can identify them as being two different things. And one is, is that it is a place to hide because of where they are psychologically, emotionally. Um, you know, they, they don't have to show themselves, so to speak. Um, and be vulnerable to, to people judging them um, and seeing them because they're not seen. Um, and for some people, that's a safe place to be. Um, but for others, it, it truly is about 
thinking that that mask provides protection from the boogeyman. Um, and I was at our, our state capitol earlier, um, you know, just a few days ago and listening mm-hmm. to parents as we were trying to get legislation passed that would stop the mask mandates in schools. Um, and some of the stories that I heard, I mean, literally just brought tears to my eyes about children afraid to take their mask off, even outside while they're playing because they didn't want to get in trouble. So wow. that's a thing. So they, you know, they're either, you know, they can hide behind it because they're so depressed and they don't want to be seen and judged by people. They're afraid of the virus. And so they want to, you know, stay safe as they've been told. And then others who are just afraid of being bullied and, um, you know, getting in trouble, so to speak, uh, for taking their mask off, even when they're allowed to, and even when a parent is there and saying, take your mask off, um, they've just been so conditioned to be afraid with it off that they refuse to take it off. What does it do to a population to have their children so traumatized this way? When they grow up to be adults, will they likely just be more compliant to whatever new mandates that happen to come about from government? Just speculating. Obviously this is going to be some level of speculation because I'm not aware of any time in history where this is, has happened. Sure. sure. But I would say that you probably hit the nail on the head. Um, Mm. You know, and I think, you know, we've worked up to it and I don't know if you're familiar with that, you know, um, proverbial story about the, the frog in the kettle, you know, where the, the heat gets turned up little by little. Um, sure. and it just kind of feels comfortable like a warm bath and it doesn't realize it's being boiled alive. And I think that we've actually been there for quite some time. I, I don't know how long, but for quite some time, um, you know, where even the, the phrase, you know, safety first, um, and where we're so concerned about safety, safety, safety at all costs, um, to the point where we're willing to sacrifice the most fundamental things of importance that, you know, founded principles upon which our, our country was founded um, and that it be, being liberty and, and freedom and personal responsibility. Um, and so we're, we're seeing a shift from personal responsibility to the collective and where I'm honestly 100% responsible for my own health and you are 100% responsible for your health, um, all of a sudden now I'm responsible for yours and you're responsible for mine, um, which is a ridiculous concept. It, 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 it doesn't even exist. Um, I mean, as a, as a family, of course, as a, you know, if I have children, I'm, I'm responsible for their health. But as far as, you know, functioning adults um, and even as children, you know, I've, I've made my children pretty well, not that I've made them, but, you know, I have facilitated the, the idea um, you know, that they are responsible for their own health. Um, and I've taught them ways to do that, you know, with nutrition and, you know, hand washing and, um, you know, exercise and being outside, um, you know, and it's up to them at this point in their lives to follow through with what they've been taught or to not. Um, and so I, I think it's just shifted from, you know, if I take a vaccine to protect myself from a particular pathogen, um, I'm doing it for myself and I'm not doing it for anybody else to now, 
you know, you need to take that risk personally for the quote unquote collective good, um, which is a very dangerous place for us to be. Um, so we have to not only protect ourselves, but we have to protect everybody else around us and protect the world, so to speak, um, versus the idea that I think is much more um, healthy. And that is, again, taking responsibility for yourself um, and living in a world with risk because living is risky. <laughs> it's a risky business. And I think that we've, we've really moved away from that idea over time. And, um, you know, we, we seem to have this idea that we are entitled to good health, um, that we are entitled to, to safety. Um, and what we fail to do is take responsibility for those things. We're entitled to them, but we're not responsible for them. Um, and so again, sort of long way around getting to your question about, you know, what is this doing to society? And does this make us, you know, more compliant down the line with other things? I would say absolutely. Um, because this is a full frontal assault on the idea of, you know, personal responsibility and liberty. Something else too, that I think is along the lines of the assault on our liberties is, and I don't know if this is the right term, but uh, cognitive dissonance, where you hear from the Biden administration, wear your mask, get vaccinated. So important. So important that we're going to have these mandates that say companies for 100 employees have to make sure they're getting vaccinated. It's so important. Get vaccinated, get vaccinated, get vaccinated. And then on the other hand, the same administration has allowed the southern border to just be evaporated. I've read recently, I've heard recently that uh, about 2 million uh, illegal migrants have crossed through the border. I mean, from literally all over the world, not just Mexico. I mean, for African nations, Asian nations, European nations, every, any and everybody just coming over across the southern border uh, without being required to be vaccinated. They don't have the resources, nor are they uh, trying to have the resources, just totally open. So how can you, on one hand, say it's so important for you to be vaccinated, the American citizen, but then every illegal migrant can walk in literally without that mandate and go on about their business. And I think that even people who are the most uh, strident supporters of the Biden administration, I think they just sort of look at that and they rationalize it in their mind that it's an immigration issue, it's two different issues, where to me, at least, it seems clearly the same issue. Either it's an emergency where you need to be vaccinated to come in, or you don't. So does the vac so does the emergency only extend to American citizens, but doesn't extend to illegal migrants? I mean, the, the logic just seems to be they don't they don't see the people I spoke to don't seem to see the logic in that. But would you call that cognitive dissonance, or was that or is that a different term for that? Um, I, I think that there's definitely a cognitive dissonance there. Uh, I think, you, again, you hit it uh, right on. Um, and I think it's also evidence of the gaslighting, you know, mm. oh, this is all about public health and safety, public health and safety, public health and safety so much that we're willing to sacrifice our economy, um, you know, and shutting businesses down and, and requiring uh, people give up their right to bodily autonomy um, in order to participate in the society while, like you said, you know, we're just like opening the doors, come on in. Um, we don't care if you're, you know, carrying all kinds of diseases or not. Um, you're welcome here. 
uh, that yeah. is absolutely a cognitive dissonance. And like I said, I think it's evidence of, of the gaslighting. You, you cannot have it both ways. I so appreciate your time. One last question as we wrap up. What could be the silver lining in all of this? Um, speaking of the psychology of the mask, uh, we can easily see the negative repercussions of all this stuff. Is there anything positive that could come from this era in American history where so many people are wearing masks for the illusion of safety? The silver lining that I see is that uh, many people are, the, the common phrase is waking up um, and seeing that, you know, these numbers are not adding up. <laughs> you know, one and one is not equaling two right now and there, there's a reason for it. And, um, so I think that people are becoming aware of it. Um, unfortunately, I think a lot of people don't know what to do about it. Um, but what I've been seeing and what I've experienced myself um, is that, you know, we realize that this is, there is a fundamental problem with our system um, and that our, our system of government is kind of falling apart or being torn apart. Sure. Um, you know, I am looking at, um, as we're talking about, you know, vaccine mandates um, in, in our state, um, being very upset about the Biden administration, you know, coming in and kind of violating their proper jurisdiction. Mm -hmm. uh, yet, you know, our, our leadership here in our legislature doesn't seem to, again, another cognitive dissonance, um, seeing that the federal government is violating their proper jurisdiction. And I would say that our businesses are also violating their jurisdiction by requiring uh, people to wear masks or requiring people to get the shot. Um, same with the schools and, and other um, government agencies, even within our state. Um, and to see that they are violating the proper jurisdiction because I have jurisdiction over my body and what goes in it and what goes on it. Um, and so they don't, don't see that difference, but the people are seeing that difference. And so I think more people are becoming more involved in the political system um, and, and we need that. And I think this last election kind of showed that people are pretty done. And so people are showing up and they are caring about who gets elected and what laws are passed. Um, so that would be the silver lining because for all these years, we've all just been kind of thinking, you know, those people interested in politics will take care of it while I go to work and take care of my family and go on vacation. Um, but I think we, you know, as, as a government of and for and by the people, um, we need to remember that, that it, it's dependent upon us to make the difference. And we can't rely on somebody to come in and save the day for us. Well said, well said. Dr. Lynn Laird, I appreciate your time. If somebody wanted to get in contact with you, how could they find you online? Well, online, I'm on Facebook. Um, I have my, my business page. It's Healing Heart Counseling dash Lynn Laird, I think. Uh, it's been a while since I've been there. Um, and um, my email is Dr. Laird, dr. Period Laird at protonmail.com. So those would be the easiest ways to get a hold of me. Sweet. Thank you so much for being on the Things I Think About podcast. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. You just heard the Things I Think About podcast. If you love what you heard, hate what you heard, 
or don't know what you just heard, Jim Stroud wants to hear from you. Contact him at jimstroud at jimstroud.com. And while you're at it, share this podcast and spread the word that it's up to us to save America. 